Sip, smoke, and savor. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Show number 19 for anyone who is counting. Uh, I have to count because it, it just helps me kind of keep things uh, straight so I can you know, refer back to it appropriately uh, later when we do something. My name is Cruz. Ian Barry is my friend and my co-host, and we are uh, bringing you the program that is all about craft beer. Uh, fine spirits and hand-rolled cigars, and we're so glad to be here. Man. You know, after 19 shows, I'm having a somewhat Pavlovian response to this song. Oh, yeah, when it comes on, like you think you want to drink. When it comes on, I'm drink. all excited. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> all right, well, it's gonna... always been a great song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's that. always been a great song. And if I had a tail, it would be wagging right but, now. Uh, but I, I, I will admit, I have a similar thing. When I hear that song now, I get immediately thirsty. That's right. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of thirsty, we have some great stuff to review on the program today. We are looking forward to uh, bringing you our interview with Ralph Kennedy. He is with the Foley Family uh, Distributors, and they have some pretty amazing whiskey in their portfolio. So uh, we will talk with him. We talked with him, actually, at the uh, Whiskeys of the World event. That was such a good and event. It really was. And so we'll uh, we'll play that back for you. We tasted the Collier McKee Tennessee Whiskey and the Charles Goodnight Bourbon, yes. uh, which has an interesting story attached to it. So we'll get to that coming up on the show. We're also going to taste an in. VP, that's not MVP, but NVP, Nitro Vanilla Porter that uh, Ian brought in. And uh, I have uh, brought us a Dogfish Head Flesh and Blood. It's a blood orange IPA, so that should be uh, interesting. I think you're a big fan of Dogfish Head. I'm a big fan of IPA, so hopefully that'll be... Well, uh, also, Dogfish Head makes probably one of my favorite IPAs. Yes, now uh, you like the 90 90 minutes. Yes, Yes. I think that... They when they hit that they hit a spot that was just perfect. You know? I was uh, sitting at the bar at uh, one of my favorite uh, spots. I was actually waiting for a to go order of some food uh, this week, and a gentleman sat in the bar stool next to me. And uh, they came to him and said, "What would you like?" And I heard him order the uh, Grunion uh, Pale Ale. Which is one that I love. And so they said, okay. And I'm thinking, oh, man, we good taste, you know? And so they go and, and try to get it. And they come back and tell them, oh, we're just changing the keg on that. It's going to be a few minutes. Do you want to wait or do you want something else? And he says, eh, I'll take the Dogfish Head 90. And I just had to turn to him and go, <laughs> I don't know who you are, but I want to be your friend. Right. Like, I, that, that's just two excellent choices right, right, right. there. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, so anyway, uh, that's... Uh, uh, that's a great yeah, beer. Dogfish had ninety minute. They they just so hit the mark, and they're and they're sixty minutes great, but they're they're ninety minute to me is just it's like all the planets were aligned so, when they came up with that. Now we've talked about this before. Has craft beer reached its peak? There's a new article that I've uh, that I brought with me that I want to reference on this, and it uh, has some new numbers and new statistics, and so I want to talk about that, and I think. We'll find that some of the things that we've been talking about all along uh, are really coming into play. The fact that the larger independent craft breweries, uh, the guys like Stone and Boston Beer, which is Samuel Adams, uh, may be in a bit of decline, while the smaller guys, the guys like Goliad and some of the uh, really cool baby independent breweries that we've had on the show are surging. So it's just it's a, a different – the landscape is shifting and changing. We'll talk about that. Well, there's that. such an explosion of the amount of them that are there's available. There's so too. many more than there used to be. That's right. Used yeah, to I mean, be, just five years ago even. Used to be you were just happy to find one thing on tap somewhere that wasn't Bud Light or Miller Light. Right. You know, not disrespecting those products, but – if you were looking for something more in the craft realm, you would you would look up and you go, oh, excellent! They have 
Shiner Bach or excellent they have you Sam know Adams, uh, Sam Adams and right. you you'd just be happy with that now people are demanding hey I want something really interesting that I've never tried before right you know give me a a, a you know something <laughs> what was the watermelon beer from Goliad the, the watermelon goza yeah Mike you know, give me one of those like it's like people are looking for that type of thing I so drank a bunch of those and then uh, uh, Freetail had their Berliner that was really good uh, yeah so <laughs> yep yeah, so we have a lot to talk about where that is concerned we also mentioned this last week and didn't get to the story but anthony bourdain <laughs> has uh, has done a little interview where he blasts craft beer a little bit and i actually find it really funny so i want to <laughs> i want to visit that before uh, before the show is over so a lot to talk about and you know we mentioned last week uh, in i think uh, show number 18 last week was one of the most one of the best times i've had i think we should do show number this. 18 like two or three times a month it, we had a blast <laughs> uh we were at what we call the bnb which is bnb uh butchers and restaurant, Butcher and restaurant uh, yeah. on uh, washington ave in houston and our good friend uh who, who is has not only been on the show and provided lots of laughs but has really facilitated a lot of cool stuff jeremiah, jeremiah is so he, excited he was it. so awesome yeah. and he just like totally set us up there we were able to uh, enjoy a cigar while we did the mm-hmm. show and then jonathan wingo from balvini was on the show and we we had just more than we could even get through to talk about on the show we tasted some great things. Now, I just want to point out that Jeremiah and Jonathan, either one of them is a party on their own. Oh, yeah, okay. and you get them both together. You get them both yeah. together. It's just That's why, way too you know, fun. We almost should have just done a bonus show last That's week, because right. we could have done that. Yeah, you know? we could have gone another hour in a minute. You could, know? Have, could have easily done that. But we had such a good time, and they were such gracious hosts. And then we stayed because there was... Uh, it was a, a Balvini event that I think was for the members of their uh, their more exclusive Balvini uh, club. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. And uh, and it was an invitation only event. And you so and I got a late to, invite to yes, it, so we, we got stayed. A late invite, and we stayed. And I will tell you, there was one of the beautiful things about that is he went through the tasting of three different um, three different three of different their whiskeys. Conscious, yes, and. Um, and they were so good, and the way he was pointing out how to do it. And, you know, one of the things that amazed me, and I always tell people this, because, you know, you meet people at bars, and they're like, oh, you can't put water in your scotch. That's ridiculous. No, you always do. Right. But mm-hmm. I was amazed at how much he was suggesting we open it up with water. Mm-hmm. Like, more water than I am generally used to putting in there. I and usually I- go a splash, a few drops a splash to open it up. But he actually added much water to his whiskey, and it was interesting to taste it that and way. And wasn't it interesting? You would taste the whiskey with just a little bit of water, yes. and you would get certain flavors, and then you would add more water. And the right. flavor profile would completely change. Now, I will say, these were very complex, very good, well-aged uh, scotches. So, Well, it also made me feel good, because one of the things I like to do, and it makes uh, you know some people who think they know about whiskey kind of sneer, is I like a cube of ice. Yes, and, we've talked about that. And I like, to, I like to let that cube of ice melt and warm up, and then by that time, you get all these different flavors as you're tasting it throughout, you know, from, from when it's warm to when it gets cold, and then when the ice melts and waters the whiskey a bit. And that really kind of validated it, just the amount of water he was putting in and how we tasted it from, from no water to a bunch of water. Well, I will say this. I used to be uh, really kind of down on that whole concept of letting the ice melt in your scotch because I felt like it just diluted it. And you get and what I've come to realize is it really just meant I was drinking way too cheap a scotch. That's what it really meant because with the more complex, with the better uh, scotches, with you know things that have that bring more to the table from a flavor profile uh, sort of standpoint, um, 
the water doesn't dilute it just changes it, it, changes it adjusts and it's uh, so it's really really fascinating so i am very excited about uh, about getting back over to the bnb and i'm very excited about connecting with uh, uh with jonathan wingo and balvaney once again uh which we will do in the future because they've just got their products are just too good to uh to ignore also yeah. i just want to say 30 year old balvaney oh my god was that amazing 30 year old balvaney because yum because because just because yes because what did you say to me uh, off the air that you would uh, you would just i I would i would wear that as cologne yeah i think i think it would be you know people would walk into the elevator and they're like oh somebody smells like whiskey Oh, but delicious it's so good. Whiskey, delicious yes. whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'd like to say this too: B and B Butchers um, uh, they provided for this um, uh, for this event, this Balvini mm-hmm. event, and the people who are members of the Balvini Club. And by the way, you can go to Balvini's website and join this club. It's not something that's. I difficult. think they call it the warehouse. I believe that's correct. Uh, yes, uh, yes. Uh, yeah. And uh, it it was something that if you have even a moderate interest in uh, whiskey or scotch, you should absolutely check it out because you'll get invited to events like this, and it's so well worth it. But I just wanted to say, not only was the whiskey amazing, but B&B was doing past hors d'oeuvres at this mm-hmm. thing. They're the best hors d'oeuvres I've ever had in my life. They were pretty and I've been amazing, to a few yeah. parties. I mean, this this is not just the, oh, I'll take one of those little, you know, uh, rolled up sandwiches, even though I like that stuff. But these were like, every one of them, I was like, oh my Yeah, they God. had the buffalo pizza and they had the, the bacon. Yes, Yes. The, the candied bacon. That bacon they actually served at Whiskey's of the right. World when and we were there. So and I had good. my first bite of it there, and I was like, when I saw that coming back around, I was like, oh, okay, you get the waiter to look that way. I'll take several. Right. And this <laughs> is thick cut bacon. And when I say thick cut, I don't mean thick cut like you get down at the grocery store. I mean, this stuff is, is it's quarter inch or three right. inch thick. It, it looks like a piece of ham in yes. terms of the yes. thickness. And then you pick it up and you realize, no, it really is bacon. Like it's yes. got the bacon flavor and then they would have that uh the maple syrup i guess on yeah, it, it was, oh so man and then that would just match with the flavor profiles of the whiskey so very if well. i had that to add to my cologne mixture there the 30 year old <laughs> plus that i would be irresistible oh, I love it you would you like would. If, if someone walked by me wearing that i would follow them yes you're absolutely <laughs> right I, if i got on the elevator with you and you were wearing that and if we came to my floor i would just stay right. on the elevator let, let the doors close not my keep, floor uh, keep riding with you. i accidentally hit that button um the uh, the elections uh of course have just happened as we record this uh, this issue of the of the show and um you know wherever you came down on the uh, presidential vote perhaps more important to us were some of the uh, smoking tax issues so we'll talk about that prop 56 passed in california and then there were some others that did not pass so we'll give you some of the information on that and um, uh, once again our special guest on this program will be ralph kennedy from foley family distributors uh, the guys that bring us some really amazing whiskey collier mckee tennessee whiskey and charles goodnight bourbon so uh, we'll have that segment which was recorded at whiskeys of the world that's coming up We're going to do some beer tasting coming up next and find out if you smoked anything interesting this week. You're listening to Sip, Smoke, and Savor Craft Beer, Fine Spirits, and Roll Cigars. On the beach in Hawaii 
Welcome back to Sip, Smoke, and Savor, the show about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. My name is Cruz, my host, Ian Barry, uh, my co-host and my friend, and it's uh, so nice to have you listening to the show. Now, you can find us on SoundCloud, you can find us on uh, iTunes uh, in the podcast area, and you can also find us, in, and I always get the Android one confused because I'm an Apple guy, but is it Google, Google Play? Google Play Music. Google Play Music. Thank you very much. Google uh, that's, Play Music. That's where you can find us uh, <clears throat> to download or listen to the show and we also air every week on uh, Radio Brave and if you go to uh, the Radio Brave website you can find the schedule of when different shows air and also when the show is on. We now have all 18 previous shows up and available. Yes, thanks to Bobby, our uh, erstwhile producer who has been uh, working hard to get all this stuff up. We now have all of them up on SoundCloud, so you you can go back and listen to you know the first couple of shows or whatever whatever you want. We're also working on getting them labeled up so that every title will tell you a little something about what was covered or talked about uh, on the show. And it's really interesting, actually, to me to go back and hear some of the earlier shows and remember, oh, yeah, we uh, we tasted uh, yeah. that. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> we don't have to start making a log of that or we're just going to repeat yes. no, you're the first right. 20 shows well, for and the I rest think, of our lives. I think what we'll do is we'll try to do that in the show notes uh, of each of these so we can so it'll be, it'll be a little more uh, more of a robust uh, listening experience. But, you know, we're just learning this thing, and so we're having a good time, you know, figuring out how to how to do all of this uh, how to do all of this podcasting stuff. So, you know, we, nor, a normal evening, we wouldn't be sitting there tinkering with SoundCloud and podcast labeling. We'd be having a drink and smoking that's a cigar, say, so yeah. you know we don't want to get too far away from that because that's what the heart of the. Fortunately, show is about. you can yeah. carry around your device with you and do yes, it almost anywhere, which is awesome. Yeah, it really, anywhere. it really is awesome. Typing on a sheet of glass, as a friend of mine says, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, so it's a it's a pretty cool thing, actually. Ian, did you uh, smoke anything interesting this week? We usually and, ask this in the first segment, and uh, we didn't quite have time, so. Um, and now for something completely different. Oh, really? Yes, I did. <coughs> I, you know, the weather has changed a little bit. It's, it's gotten, gotten a little, little bit cooler, cooler so it's yes. nice to sit outside. And no this question, always yes. makes me go a little more towards my pipes. Oh, very uh, interesting. As well, so what I wanted to talk about is my Eric Nording freehand pipe. You can look that up. Just look up Eric Nording freehand, yes. and, and you'll sit there and look at what we call pipe porn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, look at the curves on that That's one. That's right. <laughs> um, nice. they're, they're all ruggedly handsome pipes. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I went there. <laughs> yeah, I love that. But anyway, uh, and my go-to tobacco is called The Accountant. It's a blend that comes the from- Now, this reminds me of the movie the uh, uh, <laughs> right. where he's just a mild-mannered accountant, but he's uh, also an assassin. Oh, no. The uh, ben yeah, I haven't movie. seen that yet. Yeah, it looks good. I haven't seen it either. But, but uh, anyway, it comes from the uh, the Briar Shop over in Rice Village here in Houston. Oh yes, that's and, a great uh, pipe store. Right? Great pipe store. They also they have, have a really cigars. nice yeah, yeah cigar mm-hmm. humidor and a lounge and everything like that. And I've been to a few uh, cigar tobacco blending events for mm-hmm. uh, for mm-hmm. pipes, um, which is really nice. But anyway, this is a really nice Cavendish. Uh, Big, beautiful room note. Like when I smoke this tobacco, everyone around me goes, "That smells great." It's called the accountant. It's called the accountant. Yeah, mm. and it's it's just one of their in-house blends, and it's a it's a big aromatic, really nice smoke, and uh, you know I just enjoy it. What is it that makes you, if you're say you've got you know an hour, hour and a half to uh, you know that you don't have to do anything, you're like, okay, I'm gonna have a drink and I'm gonna have a smoke. And then you're deciding whether it's going to be a cigar or whether you're going to break out the pipe and smoke the uh, the accountant. What what factors lead you one way or the other? It's really mostly a mood thing. Yeah. Um, and I found this, that um, 
I smoke such a sweet pipe tobacco. Like the, the, the some of the aromatics are very mm-hmm. sweet. So mm-hmm. sometimes if you're drinking bourbons, uh, they kind of interact funny. So I right. found usually if I'm in more of a beer mood and it's cool outside, mm-hmm. I might go with a pipe and some might beer. Go with a pipe. Oh, know. interesting. Okay. So, but PD well, kind of scotches go well with it too, just because they're you know they're not real sweet in right. comparison. So well, a lot will, of times bourbon gets weird. But I will say I am asking my wife for a pipe for Christmas. So Ooh. we'll see how this goes. Nice. Should I tell her to consult with you? She can consult with me. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, be good. I'll point you to a really nice one. That would be good. Uh, I had an interesting uh, smoke this week. In fact, I'm just going to say this: I am on a roll right now. The last several weeks. The cigar that I've smoked, thinking this might be the cigar that I'll talk about on the show, the last several weeks, man, I've just been nailing it with some amazing smokes. And so I thought, you know, probably this week I'll kind of, you know, come back down to earth and, you know, do something that's decent, but not uh, not that I'm going to rave about. And I'm, I was wrong. I smoked the My Father Connecticut Corona Gorda. And I, I should have known. I haven't had a bad My Father. My Father is yeah. the the quality of these guys is so good. In fact, I was just about to say, um, I I was watching, you know, with all of the crazy political coverage, uh, I saw a bit on one of the news channels, I don't remember which one, they were interviewing Rudy Giuliani the uh, former mayor yeah, of New yeah. York City, and he's a cigar guy. And uh, so they were asking him uh, about um, I think they were asking him about Donald Trump and Latino support and Hispanic support in Florida and how that was all going to play out in the election. And Rudy Giuliani goes, well, I've, you know, I've spent a lot of time in Florida. In fact, I go down to Florida. Go to, and then he starts name checking. He goes, you know, I love cigars. Then he starts name checking like uh, uh, A.J. Fernandez and uh, all these different like cigar makers. And I'm sitting there going, wow. Like he just completely took this interview and made it about cigars. That's I, nice. That is, that is awesome. It was so refreshing in the middle of all the political uh, stuff. But somebody, he was just sitting there like name, che- name checking, you know, Nick Perdomo and like, all these all these cigar guys it was uh, it was pretty cool but uh, anyway um AJ Fernandez and the my father line they they never disappoint yeah, i mean fantastic. they they really don't so i should have known this was going to be good the cigar is kind of a lighter entry in the uh my father uh, lineup it's it it's a Connecticut wrapper, which right away you think, okay, well, that's going to be milder. And it is. Uh, it's an Ecuadorian Connecticut shade wrapper, but it's Nicaraguan Habano and Criollo fillers and a Nicaraguan Corojo 99 binder. So there's some strength yeah, in there. That's uh, pretty underneath strong that filler, Connecticut yeah. wrapper. And uh, the cigar is mild to medium. Probably emphasized more on the medium, but wow, the flavor. Uh, spicier than I would have guessed for a milder cigar. And uh, there were some mocha notes and nutmeg. It was really nicely complex. Burned beautifully. And here's the thing. It's about a 7 to $8 cigar. So it's not... It's not a cheapie, but it's not a break That's the a bank. Premium, yeah. I'm gonna say price to uh, quality. I'm gonna give it a nine. You were hitting it out of the park. Uh, recently. I mean, I'm I, I feel almost like I'm being too generous, but these cigars have been that good the past several weeks. So, uh, so I was 
I was quite impressed, and and um, then it got me looking back through my humidor to see what other my fathers do I have like hiding back. Oh, I have a robusto <laughs> of something. Oh, good. Okay, so pull that out. Leave leave that in a more notable place so I can find that again. But uh, it was good. So I'm gonna have to on purpose next week try to smoke something that I think might not be as good. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I want to talk about what's your selection process when you walk into a cigar shop. We uh, need to go through that. Okay. So well, maybe we'll do that in the next segment. First, though, I want to taste this. I brought this beer in because my wife actually brought this home and said, this looked interesting. I thought you might like it based on what you tell me you like in in, uh, beers. I'm like, okay, you got IPA right, you got Dogfish Head right, and you got uh, the citrusy of the blood orange. So yeah, yeah, so awesome. Now we're not we're not completely um, uh, strangers to the blood orange because we had the blood and honey. From That's right, Revolver, that which was we liked, uh, and that was very early on in the show. Pause for sound that. effect. Love there we it. go. Yeah, yep, that's very good. Uh, so, yeah, so I was really excited about this. And she said, uh, she told me she had gone to Specs and she was standing at that uh, end of the aisle display where you can buy the single beers right, and make right. a six pack. She goes, I was there for 20 minutes. I'm like, now you know what my life is like. Now you understand. <laughs> we had a, a breakthrough husband and wife moment there where she's like, this is exactly <laughs> what happens to now. me. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to pass one of those over to Bobby and uh, we're going to try tasting this. Uh, I'm assuming this is a fairly new beer because generally they have a tendency to, especially with out-of-town or out-of-state uh, breweries uh, at Specs in that little display, generally most of what rotates into that is going to be a little bit newer. And, and I've of a seen release. it recently, so I think it's mm-hmm. been out for a month or two. But This, uh, this particular yes, beer? Yes, I've seen it, but I hadn't tried it yet. So it's the Dogfish Head um, Blood Orange, and they call it, uh, uh, tell me the name of it again. It is the it is Flesh the and Blood Flesh IPA. and Blood, that's right. So it's got a definite orange-looking label with a, a blood orange cut down the middle. It is an honest-to-goodness India Pale Ale brewed with a bevy of real citrus, including orange peel, lemon flesh, and blood orange juice. Now, I will tell you, this is very interesting. Uh, I've just taken my first sip, and what I would describe to you is a fairly... Um, a fairly much what I expected on the first taste and the swallow, and then the aftertaste is way different than I would have expected, and way different than anything else that I've had. Would you agree with I that? Taste a lot of the lemon in this, actually, mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. of the lemon, and I kind of like the finish on it. It's the got a nice, crisp, quick finish, but um, then it has this, thing and then that it comes lingers back to yeah. you and lingers a little bit. Yeah, the first, uh, the first taste that I get is very much the hop IPA kind of a taste. And then that lemon comes through kind of in the center, uh, in the middle, and then a little bit on that lingering uh, finish after. What I'm really surprised about, though, is uh, being Dogfish Head, is they're known for such big beers. This is not as big tasting as you think, too. You're absolutely right. You expect big and bold, and this is more of a down It's a friendlier, like, everyday kind of drinker. This is something you can session a little bit, except for the fact that I think it's like 7.5%. 7.5. I just was looking for that on the bottle. (laughs) Well, then this is one of those, and we've had a few of these on the show that could totally sneak up on you because they taste and drink more like a sessionable beer. Very much, yeah. And then you look and you go, holy cow, that's seven and a half. That will that will sneak up on you quickly. I like this. Do you like it? I'm tasting, and the more I drink it, the more of the lemon I taste on the aftertaste, and I'm, I'm kind of okay with it. It's got a little bit of that lemon astringency to it, and, I, and I'm kind of liking it. I can kind of feel on the finish, I can kind of feel it almost bounce back and forth between lemon and blood orange, if that makes sense. I can see like this I going... taste one and then the other. Right, I can see this going really well with a nice Connecticut uh, 
Connecticut wrap or something uh, on, the, like on the lighter, uh, milder like side. Or too. maybe a milder Maduro. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. could do it. All right. Sip, Smoke, and Savor. We will be back, and we'll talk about how you choose cigars when you first walk in the humidor. And uh, we also have more tasting to do. But in our next segment, Ralph Kennedy from the Foley family joins us from Whiskey's that of the That guy's World. a blast. All right, you're listening to Sip, Smoke, and Savor. We're live at Whiskey's of the World, which is a very good place to be live, by the way. This is a great time here. Yeah, I'm having such time, a fantastic great time. Great event, great food, the and food. obviously the whiskey has so far been excellent. I, I just want to point out, that's that's the best buffet line I think oh, I've been through. Yes, that was amazing. Yes. This is uh, Golden Corral is going to have to change their best <laughs> buffet line in Texas uh, slogan because it no longer applies, I'm afraid. <laughs> After this, so I don't know where that came from. I apologize for that. We are uh, we are really excited to welcome Ralph Kennedy. Ralph is with the Foley Family Wines, but the Foley Family Wine Distributors also deal in a couple of very very exciting spirits. And since we're at Whiskeys of the World, that's what we're talking about today. Ralph, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here, guys. Really nice. And I should point out, by the way, that he and Ian know each other. So. Well, uh, as, as we were setting up earlier today, I looked over and I thought to myself, I know that guy. We've played music <laughs> together before. So Ralph is also a musician, and we've played uh, we've played on stage together quite a few times. Well, yeah, yeah. That was nice to see him. Yeah. So, Ralph, how did you get involved with uh, Foley Family? So my background is uh, I was with uh, Glazers Distributors for about mm-hmm. five years, uh, Southern Glazers now. Right. And before that, I was with Moet Hennessy. Now, Moet Hennessy is the oh, okay. French company. Yes. Champagne. Wine, Champagne and spirits. wines and yeah. spirits. Yeah. So I've been in the industry probably, I don't know, 18 years or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually a friend of mine uh, works for Foley Family Wines, came to me probably about six months ago and just said, hey, I'm I'm doing something here. Would you be interested in maybe moving back to the supplier side? Uh, and I said, uh, yeah, sure. So we chatted and sure enough, it sounded like a good fit. And I've been with them about six months. So it's Fantastic. been great. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, were you surprised to find out that they were uh, that they had some spirits in the portfolio as well? Yeah, because when I when I came to work for them, it was we we have about twenty three wineries. Mm-hmm. We're a very, I wouldn't say a huge wine company, but we're we have a lot of really right. high quality top end stuff that we're that we're into on the wine side. So, but when when I found out they had some spirits, you know, we've got some gins, we've got some vodkas, mm-hmm. uh, we've got a tequila. But the bourbon and the whiskey that we have, the Charles Goodnight and the Collier McKeel, you know, I've done probably two or three of these shows now, and we are very, we're a small player. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing that people come around and try our stuff, and they're all like, wow, this is really good. Well, we love the small players. We really do. Yeah. This, is, this is what makes this fun, yeah. is discovering something maybe that you haven't tried, maybe that a lot of people haven't tried, yeah. yep. and getting the chance to say, hey, folks, check right. this out, because yeah. it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you brought over a, a couple of bottles here. What? Tell me what we're uh, what we're talking about. Yeah, so we have two bottles here. Uh, we have a, a Tennessee whiskey, Collier McKee ten, Tennessee whiskey. It's eighty six proof, aged around four years. Price point mid forties, roughly. Mm-hmm. Um, this product is. Uh, very smooth. It's got kind of light honey note, uh, honey notes, uh, a little bit of spice to it. Uh, Ian's so going for the sound effect. I don't know in this room if you could hear that. Did or you not. hear the pop there? Yeah. You just just pop that. I don't know if I got it. I just I don't have a monitor to listen to it, so we're hoping. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so so 
Yeah, this product, uh, you know, it's the same process, the Tennessee, the Lincoln County process, where it's mm -hmm. charcoal filtered, the sugar maple charcoal filter. Um, it's got a nice color to it, not overly dark, just kind of an amber color. Yep. Try a little of that. It's actually very pretty. I like the amber color. Yep. It's Sorry, a really little darker nice, than a straw uh, color there. Almost, um, I would almost say like sweet, even sugary type. Milk. Maple yes. syrup yeah, almost. Maple, that's what syrup. it is. That's yeah. the maple yeah, syrup. Yeah, maple syrup right yep. up yep. there. Mm -hmm. Very much so. Is there a little citrus in there yet? This, Am I yeah, I'm it? there's a little citrus. There's a little vanilla. Mm-hmm. Almost a little, uh, you know what, maybe I'm looking at this. It says leather tough right there. <laughs> maybe a the little, leather, uh, maybe. it's yeah. kind of earthy, yeah. It's a little, a little earthy, little barnyard almost, you know. And a little mineral kind of from the water, yeah. I think. So You know, it's the most amazing things. You do these tastings, and everybody's descriptors are a little bit different. I'm sure that's true, yeah. Someone catches the honey, someone catches the citrus, someone mm -hmm. catches, I think, said almonds or nuts or, or whatever. And it is always amazing how everybody's palate is slightly different on this well, kind of stuff. And I will say, Ian uh, mentioned earthiness it really does have some almost like and i mean this in a really positive way but you almost think of like the flavors of a meadow like the yes. uh the sort of floweriness the the uh sort of peatiness of the earth all of this kind of like rolled into sort of a, some honey notes like yeah, you really get a lot of really that it's very much like that same sensation as taking a deep breath in a really beautiful spring meadow. You know yes. what I mean? That's a great descriptor. Yeah, That's that descriptor. I would definitely say, like right up front, you can taste the, um, you can taste that that earthiness. You can taste that that uh, almost maple syrup. It's like there's a little tiny bit of cinnamon on it, and that, and I really enjoy that 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 kind of uh, mineral water kind of finish yep. on yes. it. The yep. heat goes away Absolutely. kind of fast and yep. just leaves you with this. Nice freshness in the back of the uh, palate. I'm enjoying. Now I'll say this: I was going to put just a little drop of water in this to open it up, and I really poured too much. Uh, it just kind of kind of splashed a little more than I intended. Yep. So I've just tried this, and it's still coming at me very yeah, nicely. It yeah. uh, it survived a little too much dilution. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Very very nicely, and that's yeah. that's impressive because you've all had you know where you put the ice cube in. Yes. And it's really great when the when the cold starts affecting the whiskey and yep. you're getting that, but then by the end of that ice cube, you're wishing yes. that you hadn't put the ice cube in, right? Yes. Uh, this could probably survive that rather well. That's yeah. why Sonic Ice, by the way, yes. is like one of the, because <laughs> it's the, it's the little go. tiny round it's perfect, ice, yes. You and can you can just put like an exact yes. the right amount. Yes, no, I know. <laughs> well, you measured it out, like each one of those little balls would be like five drops of that's water right. or something. That's right. Well, this is really good. So this is... Uh, Call your McKee. Tennessee whiskey. Okay. Yep, it's and available. Actually, I, not to not to uh, throw props to specs, but it's it's available at specs downtown. We love to throw we props to yeah. specs. Yeah, yeah. no, just, we do too. It's fans, a great so. customer of ours. So, so, yes. so that's great. Now, tell me about the other uh, whiskey that you have because this one I'm yes. really curious about the name. So Charles Goodnight um, was a, a cowboy. Back in the day, he was a Texas Ranger, and if you know the movie or, or the TV series Lonesome Dove. Mm -hmm. The character of Tommy Lee Jones was based after Charles Goodnight. So okay. that is the, the background with that. And our owner is Bill Foley. Well, this is Bo Bill Foley's great uncle was okay. Charles Goodnight. Oh, so, so that's, this is like in the family. This is like a family, ah. an ode to him and all the things he did. And it's really, I actually, you know, Googled his name. And he, he was a very interesting man. He was a lawman and a cowboy and all this stuff. So... 
This bourbon uh, we have is 100 proof. So wow. it's a little small. It's a, it's a, it's kind of you know it's kind of strong. Um, it's aged six years, but all the comments I've gotten from the people that have been trying here tonight are all wow. This is very smooth. Mm-hmm. It's not sometimes a hundred proof. That's kind of kicks you. Boom. Yes. Boom. Mm-hmm. And this I don't think does that. Um, and that's been I think of the two. This has been kind of my 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 go-to. People have really enjoyed this. Really oh, Ian, enjoyed just this. smell that out of the bottle, Ian. I know you're, a, I know you are like the, uh, you know, not like the horse whisperer, but you're like the, uh, uh, the the Scotch sniffer, because uh, this is well. Ian talks about this all the time. Yeah. He'll light a cigar. Yep. He'll get about an inch into the cigar. And he puts it down and goes in yeah. and opens up the top and smells his scotches to yeah. see what he thinks is going to matter. Yeah, you'll pick it up. Once you have the cigar on your palate, you can smell what goes with it. I mean, yeah. there's there's a little trial and error there with it, but, right. you know, I have never got a bad match. I've never gotten a bad, a match, bad match that way. That. Yes, right. Yes. So. right. So what did you think upon your initial sniff here? The initial sniff is a lot lighter smelling than the previous one. Right. I pick up a, a little more vanilla up front, a little bit of. Is this made in the same place? Are these, no, it's are these, different. These are it's different. Story. Because I still get a little bit of the mineral water kind of smell too. You get a little bit of leather. Yeah, the leather makes sense. And there's something well, I'm just warm tasting in it. there there's too. Definitely, that I'm not sure what it is. There's definitely as similar as these two smell. I think they taste entirely different. Oh, they're yeah. they're completely yeah. different. Yeah, now entirely different. Yep. Uh, and this you do one, pick up notes of leather here. Yes, and actually, especially on the aftertaste with yes. that, on on the exhale after that, that you get a lot you of know, that. You know, some of my favorite cigars in the world are the ones that have just that little undertone of leather to the uh, to the aroma. And so I like see like everything those. made by Christoph. Yes, exactly. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Those are great. Those are great cigars, and they've all got that just leathery yeah. quality. Yeah. Think about matching something like that up with yeah. this would be fantastic. This is an absolute winner right here. Isn't this that is nice? very smooth, yeah. very so easy is, drink. And this is a bourbon. So and this, this is, is a bourbon. Yeah. Yep. Uh, we uh, not to to, to uh, dote on the ratings, but ninety six points from the tasting panel. Wow, which is no I can slouch. see why. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they don't hand out those kind they of numbers don't. Uh, they don't. every day, so yeah. that's a big deal. Yeah. Wow. So uh, these are both available uh, all over Texas. They are, they are available at Specs. What's uh, the for price sure. on the Charles Goodnight? Charles uh, Goodnight and anywhere wow. you'll see it from forty eight to fifty five, okay. depending on yeah. where you're at. So, so it's reasonably um, priced. That's, it uh, that's it is. Yeah. yeah, it really is. Um, you know, we're very proud of these these two products. Um, I, I, you know, the thing is, you know, they talk about small batch. We do basically twenty five hundred cases, so it's really small. It's we, small batch because that's because you're small. Because we're yeah. small. <laughs> we, that's because, exactly what it is. It's not because you've decided we're going to do a small batch. That's the size. That's of all we're you making. Yeah. Yep, that, that's all we're making. But it's great. To, it. It's great to come to these shows and you know these. You know these folks are you know whiskey drinkers and, and bourbon well, drinkers, sure. and they they've never they've never had they've never even, I mean, some of them have seen it, but they've never had them. Well, see, I've never heard of this before either. So not only was it a surprise to see you here, I know. but it was also like, hey, fantastic! We I got know some new bourbons, I new know. whiskey to try. Well, yeah. and what's great though, you're here at a show with the big guys. Let's face it. Yes. I don't mean the big guys in yep. terms of like mass production, but I mean the big guys in terms of the big names, yep. people who know yes. what kind of quality uh, products they release. So if you're yep. Standing in here, holding your We're arms hanging. with these drinkers. We are. We, we really you are. are. You're, that's that's really to be commended. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's good stuff. I think both excellent products. I think Ian and I both 
maybe lean towards the Charles Goodnight out yep. of the two. Just yep. our yeah, sort of Charles personal Goodnight balance, really but good. that's yeah. good. Yeah. They're both very good yeah. and both highly recommended. We'll Absolutely. be looking for these. Yeah. Um, Ralph, thank you for being on the show. We would love for you to come back, uh, be in studio with us, yeah. and talk gin. We were talking off mic talk a, about a gin, little bit yeah. earlier yeah. Yeah, uh, would love about to. talking about gin and gin martinis because I don't know thing one about gin. So I well, would love we'll, to. We'll have to I'd try to martinis, schooled. and that's that's plural, which means by the end of that show, it will be very interesting. Well, I make a great <laughs> martini, but I really only make a great vodka martini. I've never yeah. really put together a great gin that's, martini, so that would be I'd great. be anxious to learn. So yeah. we look forward to that. Thank you again for being on the show, and love it. Thanks Next so up. much, Ralph. Thanks, guys. And help me understand. Just tell me about your And tell me about your gains. You're listening to Sip, Smoke, and Savor. It's the show about uh, craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Cruz and Ian Berry, your hosts. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show and for downloading. Uh, we appreciate it. Subscribe if you are uh, so inclined. We appreciate that, too. So our uh, we have bad news for our listeners and friends in California, but good news for those in Colorado, Missouri, and North Dakota. Now, regardless how you feel about you know the top of the ticket you know presidential thing that just happened, um, the the real story, as far as I'm concerned, is these cigar taxes. And more than 62 percent of California voters voted to uh, pass Proposition 56 which will raise the tax on cigars. It'll just about triple the tax on cigars. You know what's amazing is the Californians don't want anyone to smoke anywhere near them, but Mm -hmm. they sure want smokers to pay for everything in their state. No, it's really, uh, pretty soon they're going to make it so difficult to even smoke. Now, I uh, got married uh, this year in California, got married in uh, San Francisco, Really nice wedding, rooftop hotel, and then my wife and I honeymooned down the California coast. Had uh, looked for and only booked hotels that had outdoor balconies so that I could enjoy smoking in the evenings. I was dumbfounded at how many of them would not allow you to smoke even outside on your own balcony of your hotel room at a. And I'm not. I'm. I mean, I'm talking about hotels. You know. I put up the cash because it was honeymoon. You know, I'm like, we're going to stay at nice places, and it yeah. was. It, I was, I was dumbfounded at how difficult they make it to smoke in California. Well, at some point in time, it's going to be, it's going to be the law to where you just simply can't smoke in any area within 50 feet of mm-hmm. someone that can actually see you smoking. <laughs> That's right. right. You have to be somewhere <laughs> where it's completely dark and no one knows who you are, and That's no one, no one can <laughs> be around you. I will say this: California is now in real danger of shutting down the cigar store retail side of the uh, of the cigar business in uh, in California Just because the taxes, the alone, taxes yeah. are so high that uh, they there's a pretty strong belief that most California cigar smokers have begun already, and with this new tripling of the cigar tax, will go even more. Just start ordering most of their stuff online. 
Yeah. And and that's going to be a killer for and, and I'm not for against online and cigar pop, sure. ordering, yeah. but I so believe in supporting your local shops and I love going into the local shops and and dropping some cash just to go, thank you for being here. Thank you for giving me that, you know, instant gratification of I walked in, I'm walking out with cigars. Right. I don't have to wait several days for them to arrive. It's a wonderful thing. Speaking of which, when yeah. you do walk into that cigar shop. Yeah. How do you go about choosing a cigar? Oh, man. So it really depends on what shop, I think. Yeah. And what I see when I walk in. But I will tell you that I don't have a tendency to just rush to something that I've already decided I'm getting and grab it, unless I'm in a super hurry, which I try not to ever go to the cigar store when I'm in a hurry. Right. Because I want to, that's a place I want to browse. You know, my wife, I go shopping. (laughs) My wife's like, you're the fastest person in and out of stores I've ever seen. I was like, yeah, let's go to the cigar store. I'll show you different. Right. Uh, But but no, I love to browse because I like to look, you know, kind of like high and low on the shelves. I like to look for things that were not there the last time I came in and shopped. I'll pick those up, maybe even... You know, smell the cigars a little bit. I'm trying not to handle things too much, but to a certain degree, you want to get a feel for what you might be, uh, what you might might be taking. I'm probably likely to look first for things that I don't know about or that are new, and then once I've gotten a couple of those, then I'll go. Okay, I need a couple of like standbys. So that if these new ones are not that good, I still came home with right, a couple of good cigars. Like. And I will normally I'm I'm not the type of person that goes to the cigar store and buys a box on a normal trip. I've I've done that and right. I'm sure I'll do but on a normal trip I go in and buy five or six cigars. Right. Same here. Yeah. Same I, here. I go in by five or six. So I'll pick a couple of new things or new to me and then I'll look for some old standbys, maybe, you know, whether it's a Rocky Patel or yeah. whether it's uh, you know something that the I sure thing. know I've had that's a sure thing, right? I know when I get this home, it's got a 99 percent chance of being uh, of being great. What about you? How do you decide when you? First uh, walk I in? have a funny thing, and I do this with almost every store I walk into. Yeah. It doesn't have to be just cigars, but yeah. I I do what I like to call a mental inventory. Like the first thing I'll do in a shop is I'll walk in a cigar shop, for instance. I walk into the humidor and I will slowly walk the entire humidor looking all around and just take a mental inventory before of what they have. Before you pick anything up. Before right? I pick up anything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I'll make note of things that I know that I like and I'll make a mental note of things that look interesting that I've never seen before. And then also somewhere in there is all the stuff that I've seen a million times but haven't picked up and tried yet, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I usually do a full circuit that way. It takes a little while, even in a small humidor, because I'm stopping and looking at everything. I'm, I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm like that guy at the museum that reads every label. Reads for every everything. sign, yes. yes. <laughs> You're like, where's he? Oh, he's still back on the third exhibit. He's like, <laughs> he's just still standing there. He yeah. might have fallen asleep. But um, – <laughs> So I'll go through the whole thing, and then I'll come back around, and I will do like what you did is I'll pick up a sure thing at least one. Yes, right. You know, there's I'm going to get that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, the next thing I'll do is uh, I'll start looking at some things that I haven't tried before, maybe I've read about, or maybe mm-hmm. you've mm-hmm. talked about, and I haven't tried, or, you know, just some things like that. And I'll pick up a few of those, and, uh, and then cigar sizes. I love big cigars. Yes, I, I love know. to commit time to a cigar (laughs) and there's nothing more like commitment than you know Mm -hmm. smoking a seven by 70 or something like that well i will tell you that when i walk in uh, one of the things that and i'll say this to any cigar retailers who are listening particularly if you have a reasonably large walk-in humidor the 
wooden box for the customer to put his cigars in as he's figuring out what he wants to purchase yeah. is a hugely good idea for you. Because I will say, I probably buy more cigars if I'm carrying that box around. And one of the reasons is by the time it's you get to about five cart. or six, that's about all you can really comfortably handle. You don't want to start dropping cigars on the floor and right. you know stuff. But with that box, sometimes I might get seven or eight or nine. Right. Like <laughs> just simply because it's and I'm like, oh, and look at this. Oh, I haven't tried this. What is this all about? <laughs> you know, hey, listen, it is, you know, the phrase kid in a candy store. That is me in a humidor. Like right. I love it. So one I of the other it. things I always do in a humidor is I always look for a good under five dollar cigar. Well, I think that's and really important. I yes. almost always will pick up something. I haven't tried in the under five dollar range, mm-hmm. uh, and and a lot of times, like oddly enough, the cheaper the better, right? Because I'm really trying to find some cigars, trying to find that gem. Yeah, that gem that I can, you know what? That's a daily lawnmower mm-hmm. cigar, mm-hmm. you know, that's cheap and it's good, and you know. How are you about the uh, and and most of the at least larger cigar stores will have these the exclusives that they have like where they had a cigar rolled for them by one of the cigar manufacturers i'll usually try those. Do you try those yeah i'll usually try I, those. I, I almost always do actually yeah uh, and they're but, usually in the premium range too mm-hmm. they're not in a super premium range but they're in a premium range right so you're talking and, to six seven eight right and for those cigar. of you who uh, don't understand my own little uh uh uh, uh, uh my own little scale there is like up to five dollars is a cheap cigar Five mm-hmm. to ten or five to twelve is a premium. Mm-hmm. After twelve, you're into super yeah, premium. Yeah, yeah, you're you're starting to you're starting to get the right. the big stuff now. Now I've got several of the super premiums in the humidor right now. Yes, you and I have got to plan a, a smoking because I because I just can't I just can't go home today after doing the show and go. I feel like a cigar. Open up the humidor and pull out the Opus X. Like I can't do that. Like I have never had an Opus X, but I be. have two. Yes. And we need a special occasion. I've we got have a to create. And then you gave me for my birthday. You gave me that uh, cohiba, that big cohiba. Yeah. yeah. So uh, like that's still in the humidor, and I'm still thinking, I got to get. So really, you do need to come over. We need to uh, have some uh, lone pint yellow rose. You are so twisting and, uh, my arm. Yeah, yeah. It needs to, needs to happen. It needs to happen. So um, the cigar taxes, by the way, the bad news is California passed it. The good news is in Colorado, Missouri, and North Dakota, the cigar tax initiatives that were on the ballot. Remember, we talked about uh-huh, these right, in a previous show. There were four of them. Those three were all defeated in uh, Colorado. Amendment seventy two, uh, which sought to raise the cigar tax to six. 62% was defeated. North Dakota's uh, statutory measure 4 sought to double the cigar tax was soundly defeated by 61.52% of the voters. And eligible voters in Missouri voted no on two tobacco-related uh, measures. Amendment 3 and Proposition A, while both measures look to raise cigarette taxes, Proposition A uh, had language that called for increasing the cigar taxes as well. So what what I think is really interesting is that you know, it's always really easy to raise taxes on the sinful things, on alcohol, and right. tobacco, and and firearms. And the reality is, there's been so much of that over the years because no politician wants to go in and go, "I'm increasing your income tax." Like they'll get voted right. out of office. So they they pile the taxes onto these things. And in the case of cigars. I think it's really reaching the breaking point in many states where the taxes are getting high enough that it's going to put some of those mom-and-pop shops out of business. business, And and they've got to really stop and look at that. And California, 
uh, I'm looking at you. You know, yeah. uh, this is this is really, I think, a dangerous place you're putting yourself. Um, I want that chance to come into those cigar shops in California and do the round that you were talking about and make That's the mental right. inventory and walk out of there. But honestly, I know. If, if it's going to cost me substantially more because of the taxes than what it would cost me to do that same shopping when I get back home, guess what? I'm going to buy one cigar, right? and then I'm going to leave the store. Right. You know what I mean? So it's it's not uh, it's not promoting good business. On the other hand, by the way, when I go to New York and walk into JR uh, Cigars, I walk out of there with a couple of boxes usually right. because, you know, it's a little more friendly. So there you go. It's Sip, Smoke, and Savor. We have one more segment left. <clears throat> and I'm really excited to try this nitro vanilla porter that Ian uh, actually brought in a couple of weeks ago and we never got to. So uh, we're going to do this in the next segment, and you can tell me. I don't me know how you it. managed to save it that long. Uh, <laughs> I hid it in the back of the refrigerator. It's sip, smoke, and savor. A show that's all about uh, craft beer. Fine Spirits and Hand Rolled Cigars. Has uh, craft beer reached its peak? We've talked about this a lot on the show. And uh, there's a new uh, new study basically that says, yeah, it is true that the industry seems to be uh, suffering a bit of a slowdown. According to the Brewers Association, which is the trade group that represents small independent craft brewers, craft beer production is slowing. Craft beer now accounts for 12% of all the beer produced. In the first six months of 2016, saw production volumes rise uh, 8% from the year-ago period. Uh, That was a big drop, though, from the 13% increase uh, from the year before. So uh, slowing growth, they say, yeah, the the really, the the biggest thing that I took out of this article, having read it, is that A, craft beer is slowing. But it is still not slowing it's nearly as fast as mainstream beer. And what's really happening is there's a bit of a displacement going on because the larger uh, craft beer brewers, the guys that have been in business a little bit longer and have achieved maybe a following over the years, think Sam Adams, think Goose Island, think uh, um, even uh, a beer like uh, Stone, yeah. you know, uh, those guys have found their. Their business slowed down from where it was a year or two ago, but largely it's because guys like you and me, Ian, that love craft beer and would be drinking those if there weren't so many new options we yeah. wanted to try. We're trying all these new options There's because of the explosion the of the saturation of the yeah. market is Absolutely. having a lot to mm-hmm. do with that. Absolutely. They they say that a confused mind always says no. They, they Basically, they imply in this article that sometimes it's paralysis by choice, that people see so many beers they don't know what to do, so they just buy something they So know. when I walk into a beer shop, I do this mental inventory where I walk around every aisle. <laughs> now, see, this totally works. This totally works. And then you come back and uh, you get a- And I usually pick something that I know is a that sure you know, thing. Something sure thing, and then you try something new. It's well, really the same process. So I think that we really uh, need to have our friend Joey uh, Porter from Specs back on and discuss Discuss this whole uh, how to shop in the beer aisles That's right. uh, thing. I think how to be- avoid beer paralysis. <laughs> this is good, and we're not talking about the paralysis that can come later after you've had a lot of the beers. We're talking about when you're shopping, uh, right. shopping for beers. What's really interesting is that Anheuser Busch, which is uh, calling into uh, you know these new figures, saying, "Hey, look, craft beer is slowing down." They're the ones that are busy buying craft breweries, so it's kind of it's kind of an interesting you know if they're so convinced that craft beer is slowing down, 
why are they shelling out millions of dollars to buy the likes of Carbach and some of the uh, and some of the others? So, well, apparently the microbrews are, are getting somebody's attention because well, they certainly yeah. are. No question. I mean, if you look at Carbach uh, as an example, uh, I mean, Carbach, we talked a lot about this on the show last week. I mean, they've been like a darling of the craft beer industry for the couple of years They're that they've been around. They're only five years They're old. Only they've five done years all that old. in five That's years. Right. And I had, and I'll go ahead and say this, it's unsubstantiated, but what I have heard unofficially and off the record is that the Carbach Love Street beer, the Kolsch, uh, it's it's a Kolsch style blonde, and it's very good. It's very good. It is uh, it is the reason I am hearing that the Love Street is the reason that Anheuser Busch really wanted Carbach. They wow. thought this beer was really kind of leading them in their direction. Now, if you think about it, you know, um, Carbach's known for Hopadillo, and they're known for you know right. several other. Really, I love the Staycation. That's the, the Staycation is great, baby. The that's a good Sympathy beer. for the Lager is one of yes. my go-to beers. You've talked about yeah, that before. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. So, uh, so anyway, it's interesting. Uh, I think Anheuser Busch maybe. You know, talking out of both sides of their mouth. Hey, look, craft beer slowing down. Everybody's going to buy Budweiser again. And meanwhile, they're buying Carbach. Well, not to mention they're losing 12% of the entire market, so they have to do something. Speaking of the big guys buying uh, the the littler guys, uh, you know that we talked about this last week as well briefly. Tabacalera USA bought Sirius Cigars, the cigar store uh, chain in Houston, and they also have a pretty robust uh, online uh, business of Sirius Cigars. Uh, One quick note is that Sirius Cigars will eventually be called Casa de Monte Cristo. I don't think they're changing the name right away, but they are eventually going to change the name to Casa de Monte Cristo by Sirius Cigars, they say. And if I know my marketing 101, that by Sirius Cigars will probably disappear over time. That will be very small and 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 fall off the sign and not get the neon fixed. <laughs> oh man! So uh, several weeks ago, Ian, you brought in this tall can. Pause for sound effect. Yep, nitro vanilla porter. Wow, that was quite a that was quite that an was effect. Good. In fact, I almost think we just have to go and uh, get it. Now I was looking Some for that a minute ago. Where I was hiding get? it. It was oh. over here. <laughs> so I you brought this uh, in a couple of weeks ago. We did not get to it. I took it home, stuck it in the fridge, had to actually tell some people who were staying at our house while we were uh, gone, watching uh, watching the dog, watching Gracie, had to tell them, you can drink any of the beer in the fridge except for this one, because I have to take <laughs> it in, I have to take it in so, for the show. So, uh, Breckenridge yes. in Colorado makes a, uh, makes a uh, vanilla porter, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like dessert. It's delicious. Um, uh, they make actually quite a few really amazing beers, but their vanilla porter is one of my favorite. <laughs> And uh, this is the nitro vanilla porter. Now, for those of you who don't understand what the nitro means, most beer is done with CO2, mm-hmm. okay? And that's the big that's where the carbonation fizzy, yeah, comes the, from. Yeah, the same stuff you get in soda pop and mm-hmm. everything else. It's the big fizzy bubbles, okay? Now, if you've ever had a Guinness, you notice that the bubbles are different. Mm-hmm. They're smaller, they're smoother. That's they're tighter. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's nitrogen, right? So this, uh, and a lot of beers have done this where they go to a nitrogen, uh, uh, a nitrogen instead of a... Uh, CO2, uh, and it gives it a totally different feel. So this is going to have a much silkier, much smoother 
kind of mouthfeel to it than you're generally used to in your normal beer. So it'll be now, more like what you, a Guinness has. Watching you pour that, I was going to say it looks just like a Guinness. Yeah, you can see it. It's, out of the it's can, a little you know? browner than a Guinness. It's not quite as mm-hmm. black. Yeah, but, right. Uh, Guinness is a little blacker. You're right. correct. Yes. But yeah. it looks great, and uh, and the, the head on it is nice and smooth, and you can see the tiny bubbles in the head. But that's that's the difference between a nitro and a and a CO2 carbonation. So. Now, I notice on this can it says smooth and sessionable. It is. It is actually uh, 5.4%, so it's not a real big alcohol content. And that's one of the things, uh, it's a common misunderstanding about uh, about Guinness as well, is people think that Guinness, because it's a stout, has this big alcohol punch. No, it's big flavor. It's about the same alcohol content as Budweiser. Yep, that's exactly right. So Uh, uh, so while it's a big, heavy beer quote, those are big air quotes I put around mm -hmm, all that, mm -hmm. it really is not that strong of a beer as far as the alcohol content goes. So the Nitro Vanilla Porter, silky, smooth, and sessionable. On the nose, not like overly fragrant, but I get a nice little whiff of vanilla So and here's the funny one. When yeah. I poured it into the glass, it was mm-hmm. very brown. Now that it's now in it's the glass, much it's darker. very almost black. Yeah, this looks very guinness Yes, it looks right very guinness yeah. But you're right. I remember that when you were pouring, uh, definitely much more brown. That might have just been the uh, diffusion uh, the nitro. from the nitro mm-hmm. when I poured it in. From now, the- does the nitro, do they actually uh, inject it into... The can separately is it a little uh, rocket bullet like uh, some of the Guinness bottles have? I have or no how do idea. They do you are so yeah. above my head right now. I like I like beer. <laughs> uh, that's why you're my friend. I like so, beer. So cheers. Let's taste this and see and see what. <laughs> Tell me what think. you think. I've actually had uh, this before, and mm. I do ter- I do very much enjoy it. So wow, it is. Um, it's almost like somebody took a Guinness. And made it really creamy, like they mixed some vanilla cream the vanilla into a, so a, there, a Guinness. Yeah. yeah, it's really delicious. It's almost you mentioned dessert. Yeah, breathe, it's almost dessert-ish. Breathe out of your nose after your first sip or two. Oh, and the vanilla yeah. is so yeah, you just present. Get such, and it's not obnoxious though. It's in a great way. This is just a nice, uh, wonderful drink. It yeah. almost makes me think that this would be a great thing to serve at a Christmas party. Like it's got just a little bit of that, like uh, holiday. It reminds me of like yeah. a good, you know. And I, I don't drink a lot of coffee, but it reminds me of like a good, like mocha latte type uh, 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 taste. Very much, yeah, yeah, very much. So I bet this goes really good with cheesecake. Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. man! See, I, honestly, I just want to point that out. After we left B and B last week, I said I'm not eating again for a couple of weeks. But oh, now, so we had the Chateaubriand that we split. Oh that was man, so it was delicious. Amazing, yeah. So delicious, uh, it really was. We stayed. We stayed for the. Uh, for the Balvini event, and then we stayed for dinner. So by the time we were out of there, I think Jeremiah was looking at us like, uh, "I'm glad to see him stumble on out of here." <laughs> so uh, that was uh, that was so much fun, though. Uh, love those guys at uh, B and B. We we will return, I'm sure, because their outdoor smoking area is just fantastic. Oh, it's beautiful. So, yeah, that yeah, patio is so fantastic. Nice. So the uh, nitro vanilla porter, I would say highly. I would recommend this highly. Of the two beers we had today, I liked them both. I think I may like this a little bit more. 
Yeah, this this I think is a little more drinkable mm-hmm. uh, on a regular basis. The other one I think too is just the wrong season for us to try because I think it's more of a summery mm-hmm. kind of feel to it. Well, uh, and I I didn't want I, I thought you about know? bringing something else in, but I thought you know um, I don't want to just do porters and stouts now that right. it's the fourth quarter, you know. So right. Uh, so we'll 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 keep mixing it up here, but I do think though maybe starting next week it's time to begin. Tasting some Christmas ales. Yes, yes, and, very much so. Some and I, holiday winter winter speaking warmers. Of, speaking of the you. season, I think this uh, MVP, the vanilla nitro mm-hmm. vanilla porter, probably go great with Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, I bet. The it unfortunate would. side is that it would take up valuable turkey and dressing room. <laughs> you're in right. Your belly. You're you're right about that. <laughs> That's a but tough one. I will say this: if you had a couple of them, it might help a little bit with that. Round the Thanksgiving table family dinner conversation, which can often be a little, you know, a little bit of a thing to deal with. It depends Man, on your family. You know, I'm the luckiest person in the world. Yeah. I get along with everybody in my family, and they all get along with me. <laughs> well, and I say that publicly. Like, I don't know what they say behind my back, but <laughs> that's a joke. Well, I always look, I always look forward to going to uh, Thanksgiving with my wife's family because they're awesome and hilarious. Yes. And they love to drink. So uh, I just said my wife's family loves to drink. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Have a great week, my friends. Thank you for listening to Sip, Smoke, and Savor. We didn't get to the Anthony Bourdain thing, but we'll bring that back for next week's show. Um, Ian, fun drinking with you and smoking with you, my friend. Cheers, uh, my friend. A lot going on this week, so we'll see you in seven. Cheers. This is Radio Brave. Keep listening. It gets even better. Now let's do it up. Radio Brave.